Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Hey, grace and peace be with you all. This is me, G.T. Hawkins. Uh, good, good evening, and, and welcome to Freestyle Friday. Uh, the purpose of this show is to discuss whatever topic is on the table. I ask that everyone remember to be cognizant of their time and others' time, meaning don't cut one another off, or be, or be rude and disrespectful. And uh, sometimes we may, I may invite an unbeliever on here just so that they can ask questions. And, you know, I would count on brethren to help me guide this lost soul to the truth. And uh, But we know how disrespectful some unbelievers can be. Uh, we will only come to the show to make a mockery and patronize and we don't tolerate that here. At least I don't. Uh, once again, this is Freestyle Friday hosted by yours. Oh, I'm sorry, hosted, not posted. It is, it's posted, but it's hosted also uh, by yours truly, uh, me, G.T. Hawkins. Uh, and we're here every Friday between 8 and 9 o'clock. Uh, and on Sunday, join Mr. David Chandler, who is also on the call tonight uh, on the Bible study in the occult. And the subject this Sunday will be on the Wiccan religion uh, to demonstrate how mankind worship the creature instead of the create, uh, how mankind has worshipped the creature more than the creator or instead of the, the creator, as Roman 1 says. Uh, and also know that, to, you know, you'll see how this religion actually influences a lot of legislation that takes place in this country, uh, in, environmental laws and things of that nature. So it should be very interesting. Uh, so please join us. Uh, Join David Chandler, and uh, I'll be on there too uh, on this discussion on 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 the Wiccan religion. Also, uh, on Monday night at seven o'clock, uh, you have the Kingdom Fire Bible Study, hosted by Darian Eaton. And if anyone uh, wants to uh, uh, jump on that, you can jump on that on Mondays around 7 o'clock, as I said. Uh, to some of you who may be listening now and may listen later on, uh, there was a technical difficulty on the show uh, with Gary and last Monday, a uh, very powerful topic uh, of discussion going on. Uh, 
and it pretty much involved the construction of what we call the Bible, our Bible, and basically the history. So, you know, I believe that Brother Darian said that he will continue that topic on his uh, Monday night Bible study. So, you know, holler at him uh, at, at the group Kingdom Fire. Uh, also, and I, and I want to thank Jamel. I'm not sure if he's on the phone now. Uh, he might join us later. He might not. Uh, but uh, Jamel has created a new website for the four of uh, us, uh, David Chandler, uh, Darren Eaton, Jamel, and myself. Um, it's called Common Sense and Reason dot uh, com. Uh, it's not a lot up there right now, but you best believe over the course of time you're going to start seeing some some heavy stuff on there and some very light stuff uh, because it's it's good to have a mixture of uh, the milk, the sincere milk of the word, and also uh, the meat of the word. Have a a balanced spiritual diet. Uh, per se. <laughs> uh, also, check out my wife's page at exitchurchianity.com. Uh, my wife is, is working on a major project, and uh, I believe y'all y'all will be satisfied once she's finished with it. I'm not going to go into details about that, but be on the lookout for Exit Churchianity, uh, Evelyn Hawkins, uh, and her project. And I think I got everybody covered. Uh, again, this is Freestyle Friday, and I guess the topic that I wanted to jump on was the contention between the saints. And contention simply means a heated disagreement. And I'm sure that everybody who listens to the show, who's listening to it now and who will listen to it later on, uh, would agree that there are quite a few uh, common things that we disagree with amongst ourselves as Christians. All right. Uh, I'll name some of the most common heated disagreements. The first one, the rapture, pre, mid, or post. Uh, within this camp, or within or within this this discussion, and I'm not and I'm I'm not saying this from a biased position because I am pre-trib. I do believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, but I've learned not to be dogmatic because again, you know, uh, people can be sincerely uh, mistaken about a, a topic, and. Uh, that's just how I feel about it. But I would never condemn my brother to hell or call them a false teacher or anything like that. Uh, if they are sincerely, uh, you know, having this discussion, not not in the spirit of pride. Um, but those who are pre-tribulation uh, rapturous, from what I've noticed, are very humble. Uh, when it comes to eschatology or the topic of eschatology. Um, mid mid is a, is pretty humble too. Uh, people who believe in a mid-tribulation rapture, they seem to be pretty humble. Uh, but post-tribulation tend to be a bit more aggressive. And uh, 
some, not all of them. Uh, Brother Darren, he's he post-tribulationist, and, uh, you know, we get along just fine. Matter, matter of fact, my wife, she's post-trib, and we get along just fine. Uh, we respectfully disagree on the timing of the rapture. And, you know, it, it that's love. You know what I'm saying? That's the type of love that we ought to have uh, between one another when it comes to certain types of disagreements like, like this. Uh, but, you know, I've seen it on all sides where one person feels that they have all the answers, and so they operate in a position of pride, and it causes contention in the discussion, and then people get personal, which is not right. Uh, the second topic would be that of the Trinity. Again, uh, a lot of Trinitarians, or I hate to use that term, but those of us who believe in the Trinity, uh, from what I've seen and observed, have uh, uh, are humble, a little more humble than I've seen from those who do not believe in the Trinity. And uh, again, I'm not saying all who don't believe in the Trinity are. Uh, more aggressive. I'm just saying from what I've experienced, the people that I know who don't believe in the Trinity have very aggressive attitudes, and uh, that's just my observation. Uh, Also, the next or the third topic would be the deity of Jesus Christ. Um, Same... it, it tends to be the same, again, you know, those of us who believe that Jesus Christ is God manifest in flesh, that he is um, God and the second member of the Trinity, uh, we tend to have a, a more humble approach on this topic versus those who see Jesus Christ only as the son or who is just the son. Um and then the next topic will be Bible translation. And we can go into details about that as well. Uh, but these are some of the most common disagreements amongst the saints. And in the Bible study group, I asked this question. You know, how should we handle disagreements? And I'll pause there if uh, anybody wants to say anything. Well, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, well, I think that there should be a healthy way. There's a healthy way of handling just about anything. Um, and and I believe that the only the one of the ways that we have to go about handling a disagreement is if, is to more or less listen to the other side first. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that he that answereth a matter before he heareth it to him it is folly. And the problem is there no one listens. Everyone thinks like, just like you said earlier minutes ago as a matter of fact. People think, or people, there's too many authorities on every matter and not enough listeners. And uh, and then not only that, but 
I've noticed that there are a lot of saints. Not everyone is like this. Not every Christian is this way. But I've noticed that there are a lot of saints that are very disrespectful, condescending, and uh, belligerent. And it's getting to be out of hand. I had a, uh, not a blowout, but I had a debate with a woman on Tiffany's um, thread. And uh, we were talking about the show that's coming out called Lucifer. It's coming out next Monday, the 25th. And I said, this is insane and we need to uh, really, I didn't just say pray and, you know, whatever. I said, this is clearly Satanism. And the actors are using familiar spirits to help them in their acting performances. They so got the woman, Yeah, they have to be. And the woman got angry and said, stop the nonsense, all this judging and let them do what they do and this, that, and the other. So I said, why are you on this thread? And so she responded, excuse me? <laughs> so I'm like, where is all? And then she, just a couple of uh, thread, a uh, couple of posts down, she's agreeing with all the other Christians about what I just said. I'm like, okay, what the heck is this girl's problem? Is she a, mul- is she a troll? Yeah. Well, you know, there will be disagreements from time to time, but, you know, I believe that Christians are able to discuss our disagreements in a way that is respectful and honors God. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, you know, um, if there was a a problem with what you said, why didn't she just ask you, what What do you mean? You know what I'm saying? See, and I asked you earlier, like, uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, about what was modern Christianity. And one of the key words that I heard was liberalism, all right? And that was me. I said it. I said No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> but... Uh, as I was uh, looking, I was looking at uh, got questions. You know what I'm saying about postmodernism and you know, Christianity, and yeah, it pretty much said the same exact thing. Uh, people who fall under this sort of uh, theological fundamental or this theological uh, understanding uh, tend to be more liberal. People mm-hmm. who are the modern modern Christian assembly or modern Christian church. And uh, if what you said, if what you said was wrong, then why didn't she ask you? But instead she got into her feelings. You see what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And she spoke out first. So modern, then that's what the modern uh, I guess that that's what the modern Christianity looks like, and it's it's completely at odds with what the Bible says. If you mm-hmm. have a if you have an odd with your brother, <clears throat> take him to the side one on one and dispute. You know what I'm saying? And bring bring your case before him. Not you know just 
all emotionally uh, uh, condemning your brethren for absolutely nothing. Now, um, I'll continue with what we state on the Bible study group. You know, as a general rule of thumb, express yourself respectfully as if you were face-to-face with the person you are talking to. I always say that if we were face-to-face with a lot of people who bring, I guess, negativity, not in a new age sense, but a, a person who brings contention to a particular uh, to a particular discussion online, uh, maybe even over the phone, they will bring a, a contention. But face to face, it will be completely different. I know mm-hmm. it will be. It will be completely different. Yep. And and I know for sure. Maybe not in regards to unbelievers, but for Christians, uh, you know, we usually are more personal, you know what I'm saying? Like when we talk face-to-face, is all of the misunderstanding that comes with trying to read somebody's thread or uh, listening to somebody over the phone disappears because you can see the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you know that, you know what I'm saying, like you wouldn't you wouldn't be all up in somebody's face talking about, excuse me, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> if, if they said something out of the way. And well, you know, sir, some people that are that ghetto. <laughs> right. Well, but my, point is, my, my point is pretty much uh, if you wouldn't do it face-to-face, don't do it over the threads. Don't do it over the phone. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know what I'm saying? We are supposed to, uh, I'll say, I'll say don't, don't type anything that you wouldn't say to someone face to face, you know what I'm saying? Right. In front of their family. Speak the truth in love and let your speech be seasoned with salt. And a lot of times what you see on these uh on these threads, uh that's not that's not happening. And I'm gonna get more into detail about certain things, but uh, anything uh, anything you want to add, Dave, or anybody else this morning? Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to be the only one talking, but I'll just say this one thing. Well, hold up, um, hold up. Hold mm-hmm. up. Uh, I see Catrice. Uh, welcome. I do, I think I remember you don't have a uh, uh, you're not logged in via the phone, but you are on the computer. So, uh, grace and peace be with you. Uh, Darryl, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here, GT. Okay, uh, he's still on. He's with us. And East Merlin, is this, uh, who is this? Probably Daniel. David. Is David? Yes. Okay, uh, welcome, welcome. Oh, another David. <laughs> All right, yeah, uh, any, if, if, if any of y'all want to um, 
Thank Daryl, if you want to say anything, David, the other David uh, from Maryland, if you want to say anything, uh, please go ahead. I think one of the things, uh, this is Daryl, and nice to meet the rest of you guys, although I don't see you face-to-face. Um, <laughs> I think one of the things, you know, I, if we've ever sat in uh, a live Bible study, uh, and like you were saying, GT, everybody would be relatively uh, cordial somewhat yeah. until, until it would probably take a little bit longer <laughs> for it to get, heat, for, to get heated up. But once it starts getting heated up and you touch on some things, uh, some sacred cows we call them, you start touching on people's sacred cows, uh, yeah, it, it, it'll get heated up and people will start saying stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, did you hear right over, right over the thread? Did you see right over the thread? People would probably start saying, you know, some of the things. Now, of course, some of the stuff they wouldn't say, you know, because some – a lot of times we become keyboard warriors, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk talk bigger behind the keyboard than, you know, in face-to-face. But, um, a lot of people, I've, I've been in situations where it, it has really gotten, and I'm sure some of you all have too, it has gotten Me. really hot. Yeah. You know, and when you start messing, I tell you, I'll tell you one thing that you know, each one of you probably know that, what that touches a nerve in the in the uh, IC, that's the institutional church. Mm-hmm. You, start, you start messing with that T word, the tithe. <laughs> you start messing with the tithe. <laughs> you you getting ready to bring out the beast, okay? Right. And, and that's 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 generally how that rolls. So right. Um, yeah, yeah, and you. you you're 100% right. It's like you got to imagine I was an admin in a spirit-led discussions, and it Man, got really nightmare. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, the debate, not the debate, but, you know what I'm saying, the contention was really heavy. And mm-hmm. uh, I've also been to a, a a Bible study at an institutionalized church. Well, I hate to even say that. I hate to use that word. Just, I just mm-hmm. say a church. At a church, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know what I'm saying, and it it turned turned out pretty ugly. Uh, it did take a little longer, as you said, there, and that's uh, 100% factual from what I've seen from my experience. Uh, and man, it just it, it it's crazy. Uh, uh, the other David, did you want to add anything? Did you have anything to say? Uh, yeah, I um. I've noticed. How about David from Maryland? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, when it comes to ties and stuff like that, uh, you know, I realize that, you know, even though I have a calling to like expose false doctrines and bring correction to the church, that that is my calling. I had, you know, I didn't choose that for myself. That's just how it turned out, you know. And I feel as though, um, you know, it's always, always. I don't believe that we're ever going to get to a point of agreeing with each other on everything one hundred percent. 
So as somebody that is in my field, my area in the body, what I do is since I, you know, I've come to that conclusion, I feel I feel as though it's more profitable for me to focus on the doctrines that are leading people to hell and not necessarily doctrines that are uh, false doctrines but aren't really, you know, leading people heavily astray. Tithing, I mean, honestly, I know it's not for the New Testament church, and I know it's not mandatory from God. However, um, you know, I may bring it up, I may not, but it's not something that's heavily, that I feel as though I'm heavily led to focus on because really it's the other doctrines that's leading people astray. So if people want to tithe, you know what, go ahead. What I will recommend to people that do tithe, though, is to make sure that you're tithing, not because you think it's a commandment from God, but because you genuinely want to give. Because if you don't want to give, if you're hesitant on giving even that 10% of your money to God, then God doesn't want your money, you know, mm-hmm. because you're even mm-hmm. hesitant. He doesn't want hesitant uh, givers. That's true. He wants you to be cheerful and willing willing for when you give. So, you know, and... uh. So that's that's my recommendation to people who do tithe. And, you know, if they do, most more than likely I'm not going to say anything. Now, if I'm in, a, like, a personal relationship with a person, like, I mean, like, uh, if it's a brother in Christ that I'm getting really close to, you know, and we're discussing things, and I might tell him, you know, I might just bring it up. But on public forums and, like, in public and stuff like that, it's not it's not really a big focus of mine. And that's how I distinguish now. When it comes to false doctrines that's leading people to hell, I will publicly announce that, you know, and everyone so that everyone can see it, uh, disregarding because there needs to be a separation in the church when it comes to certain things. Something like tithing, I don't think that is, uh, I think that's less a, that's a lesser priority in my eyes than something like uh you know, something that's just straight, you know, some, some like somebody that's teaching that you can live in sin and still go to heaven or something like this. It's, it's right. a different priority, you know? Yeah. Well, what about, hey, um, what about, I think what I was uh, really looking for was, um, uh, at what, first of all, everything you said is 100% uh, correct. Uh, but what I was, what I wanted to focus on is the contention within the uh, Christian church. Uh, did you want to, add anything or, you know, what do you see concerning the contention between uh, the body of Christ? And it's uh, the growing contention at that. As far as as specifically speaking on contention, um, I feel as though there is a lack of teaching that is on love and what that actually means. And a lot of believers, they think that they are right. They think that they are, re- that they are, um, there is, there's not enough awareness of what the flesh is. And um, if people realize that, you know, if that was more made aware of people, even though it's in the scriptures, it's right there, but it's like, it's not really talked about much. If people really understood, you know, what love was and really focusing on uh, loving one another, which is one of the top commandments, which is not really taught on as much as it needs to be in the churches, which is pretty sad. But, you know, a lot of people, they don't know that they're in the flesh. And, you know, just by the way that they talk to people, when you get in sassy, when you're saying certain things out of your mouth, you know, um, 
even the elderly ladies in a church when they're better towards people, you know, hmm. and that's 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 pretty much what I got to say about it. Wow, and, thank you. Sir. Well, well, I think one one of the things, and, and was it David that was talking? Yeah, was David. David? From oh, okay. Uh, there's a saying in one of the churches here that I I go visit sometime, and on the top of the in the top of the building, right across the front above the pulpit, it says, "In essentials, unity." In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity, which means all things love. And uh, like you were saying, things like uh, tithing. Now, of course, I have been told that if I didn't tithe, I'd go to hell. Now, of course, I didn't believe that, but I was told that. Um, But the essentials of the faith, it should never be an argument about. It should never be a contention. Um, uh, I think the third one that GT mentioned was deity of Jesus. For me, now I don't know about anybody else. For me, that's an essential. There should never be a contention in the body of Christ about the the deity, the identity Amen. of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, everything hinges on it. The whole the whole uh, plan, planity of Scripture hinges on this. Who who he was, and and to to veer from it, it reduces him down to uh, a prophet like Muhammad, right? Or any you know any other religious leader that talks. So, um, but there are essentials like you were saying that need to be in place. These are the foundations that a person's salvation hinges on. Now, my salvation doesn't hinge on. Another one, GT, uh, this is a contention in, in the body of Christ, is baptism. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's Or how you baptize or what you say when you baptize. That is separated apostolic from uh, Church of God, from Baptist. You know, yeah, so David, and I, we, uh, David and I did a show on uh, a Pentecostal uh what was it called, Dave? One is Pentecostalism. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm actually I actually worked with a guy uh in the motor pool well he works in the motor pool and he comes up from time to time to have these uh types of discussions and he's pretty <laughs> he he goes back and forth. He goes back and forth from having like a a proud attitude to having a humble attitude. Uh, but, you know, his thing is you have to say Jesus Christ. You can't just say Jesus because there were many Jesus, uh, people with, name, with the name Jesus around that time, so you specifically have to say uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, the whole thing with the baptism is uh I forgot which side he holds to. Either you have to say the name of Jesus or you have to say the uh, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But, you know, as I told him, um, when I baptize somebody, I would say I baptize you in the name of the Father, uh, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, splash. There you go. <laughs> 
And, <laughs> and, I, yeah, and, I, and I, I do that because, you know, um, I make light of it because I there shouldn't be any contention between me and him because we both trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for our salvation, you know? Like, we both believe in Jesus Christ, so there's no reason. We're, technically, we're family. You know, we're family. And I know even in families, you have disputes. And, you know, that's another thing that I wanted to uh, touch on is, like, if you have a personal dispute with someone, uh, I would say resolve it in the private inbox between that person. And usually that happens uh, in Bible in the Bible study group. Uh, but, you know, again, if uh, if it if it spills over, or you know, if there's contention on the thread, I still think you know what I'm saying. Hey, take that brother to the side and have have a discussion because uh, it shouldn't be this type of contention when we have in Bible study, even in disagreement, and even if it is, why is it we are unable to calm ourselves down? And be civil. Mm-hmm. Well, because people don't understand the difference, and that's where teaching is necessary. Real, solid, doctrinal, Bible, uh, line-upon-line teaching is necessary for people to understand the difference between what is essential to salvation and what is not essential, that there's room, there's, there's what, uh, what we could call, probably call wiggle room, where you don't have to get mad, you don't have to start calling me names because maybe one person believes in pre-trip, another person believes in mid-trip. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna call. You, I'm not calling you a name. I'm not gonna get on there and say you stupid. You know, I've, I think all of us have been called that at one point. I know I have. Okay. <laughs> Matter of fact, just just recently on a thread. But um, you know, but. I'm not going to call anybody out of their name and go off in a huff because they believe in mid-trip and I believe in pre-trip. But see, right. people, until people get solidly rooted in understanding the difference between the essentials of the faith and what, is, what we would call secondary uh, teachings that have nothing to do with whether, you go, whether you're going to heaven or hell, and of course, I've heard people. People, I've just heard this recently that if you believe in a pre-trib rapture, you're deceived. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh I, I, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was saying. I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah, that's what I was no, saying when uh, I hear somebody who doesn't believe in a pre-trib. Yo, they be going in. They be like, uh, "Oh my goodness, uh, my my good friend Charles Albert just." <laughs> <laughs> me and that guy, I ain't going to lie, God forgive me, I've gotten in my flesh a few times with him on the, on the thread, and I think we were the first ones to hit 1,000 comments <laughs> <laughs> on the pre-tribulation rapture, man. It was it was crazy, but, you know what I'm saying, I respect uh, Charles because, you know what I'm saying, he uses the resources he has to spread the gospel. You know, he's on TV and on news a lot, and uh, he looked like the way he types, I'll say that. <laughs> but, you know, shout out, shout out to him. You know what I'm saying? I love him. 
uh, we brothers, and, you know, he's a mighty man of God. Uh, but uh, before I go on, I know I see Georgia up in here. Uh, Georgia, who's calling from Georgia? It's me, Camilla Cruz. Grace and peace. Uh, did you want to say anything about the, uh, you know, the current rise in uh, contention within the body of Christ? Um. I kind of do. I I don't know. I just maybe just me, but I just feel like I'm just so tired of the whole Christianity thing because all the drama. So that might be me and my little funk right now. <laughs> it just makes me just feel like I don't want nothing to do with religion or anything, you know. So mm-hmm. y'all probably got to pray for me, but maybe that's what's making me just dislike the whole thing, you know. And it's just, you know, maybe that's just what it is. It's, all this drama is just making me just say, okay, forget it, you know, within the body of Christ. Because you got church drama, you got political drama, you got Uh so much going on, you know, and then you got your own life. Then you got, you know what I'm saying, just life that happens, life goes on. You don't have nothing uh, good and and fruitful really out there. (laughs) That's my Right. You know, okay, I'll listen to you guys. (laughs) Hey, Camilla. Hey, Camilla. Hey, Camilla. Camilla. Yes, sir. One of the things I try to tell people, and I was just talking to somebody recently. I tell, I don't know how long you've been a Christian, but this is something I tell new believers. I tell them because, see, it's easy for the churches to paint a picture of when you come to Christ that there's going to be, you're not going to see anything bad, you're not going to hear anything bad. It goes on in church. But I try to tell new believers, keep your eyes on one person. That's Jesus. Amen. Uh-huh. Because, because, Amen. because you, I, I warn them, I say, you're going to hear things, you're going to <laughs> see things, that mm-hmm. if, you, if you don't keep your eyes on Christ and, as my grandmother say, and him crucified, it will make you turn back. It will, it will make you go run and hide. And so people in, see, in churches have long since done that. They, they paint this picture sometimes that all is going to be well when you come to Jesus and you just come join the church and <laughs> it's going to be like heaven on earth. Well, I found <laughs> out differently. <laughs> I found mm-hmm. out <laughs> but go ahead. Go ahead, uh, GT or whoever's going to talk. But that, I just want to encourage you um, yeah, because a lot of us see that I've I've, I've been in ministry for thirty somewhere up thirty five years and believe me I've seen fights break out I've saw people get cussed out the whole nine yards and I have to separate my relationship with Christ from these people oh, <laughs> yeah. if you don't yeah oh boy. Yeah, that's um, Patrice. Uh, hey, thanks, Camilla, for that. And uh, Daryl, uh, Patrice, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Uh, grace and peace. Uh, so, what's your what's your take on this uh, rise on this rise in Christian contention? Yeah, I'm kind of feeling um, a whole lot like my girl in Georgia. I, I, um, and I missed some of it. Sorry about that. I got cut off. My 
um, phone hung up. But um, I kind of feel like, you know, I don't really associate with religion, a whole, you know, organized religion a whole lot just for that very reason. You know, I, I, I do my fellowshipping and everything. I do my prayers and studies and, you know, things like that. But I don't really do a whole lot of interacting. Can I can I uh, jump in um, a little bit? Yeah, go you know, ahead, Dan. I, I, you know, I, I kind of understand how you and um, the other caller feels. What was her name? Camilla? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this is David Chandler, um, because I grew up in the church uh, my entire life, and when I mean my entire life, I mean just that. And I encountered hypocrisy, I've encountered, for, for, for the most part, false doctrine, a lot of false doctrine, and you can pretty much run the gamut with that, but... What I w- really want to do is, like uh, the brother that uh, just said, you know, just encourage you to because, you know, the, the, the problem with the churches, and, and I'm so uh, grieved at what was said because I blame and I fault the church because, for the most part, not all churches are, are messed up, but for the most part, most of them are. And the reason why I fault the ch- the church is because they're not teaching pastors are not teaching the word of God. Most pastors aren't. And what I mean by the word of God, what what do I mean by the word of God? The word of God meaning the gospel. What is the gospel? First Corinthians fifteen three and four that Christ died according to the scriptures and he rose according to the scriptures and he. Well, and he was buried according to the scriptures, and he rose again according to the scriptures. And Ephesians two eight nine says that for by grace ye are saved. When was the last time you heard a sermon about that? When was the last time you heard a sermon about unity in within the body of Christ? When was the last time you even heard a sermon about about marriage? We don't hear that. What we do hear now is Joel Osteen. We hear uh, people like Rick Warren saying that, you know. Um, you can, you you know, you could follow any religion. Any religion brings you to, to uh, all paths lead to Christ. All paths mm-hmm. lead to God, and mm-hmm. that's a form of what is called universalism. Or, uh, <clears throat> you know, there there are a lot of pastors now that a lot of Unitarians are are universalists. You know, they believe that everybody, the brotherhood of man, that everybody is saved, everybody is God's children. Well, yeah, by default, they're God's children in the sense that they were created by God, but they're children of the devil because John eight forty four says, ye are of your father the devil. Mm-hmm. This is what he told the religious leaders. Mm-hmm. Notice that he told the religious leaders this. He wasn't talking to all the unbelieving, well, he wasn't talking to all the other Jews. He was talking about... To the, he was talking to the religious leaders. So this is why I blame these so-called, some of the, you know, most of these so-called church leaders in, today that I can name off the top of my head, Joel Osteen, Rick Warren, Perry Noble, and all, Rob Bell, and all these other, you know, Brian McLaren, and some of those that are within the seeker-sensitive emergent church Pentecostal charismatic movement. They're yeah. weakening the gospel 
And so people are walking away empty. They're walking away saying, oh, my God, what have I done? I gave my life to the Lord, and now I'm walking away empty-handed. So now they're saying to themselves, this, you know, for lack of a better term, sucks. This is not working. So I'm going to go over here. Well, you know what, David? Um, I can expect that from the TV media, that that's fine. You know, we I can I I won't expect anything else but that from them. Mm-hmm. But you also have it in the local body churches. Yeah. And then you go a little further. You have it on Facebook. And yeah. You finally, uh-huh. hear the you know the people I would you know kind of admire like okay this is this is a knowledgeable person and all of a sudden you start you know reading or looking at what they're constantly posting. It's like wait wait a minute you know. <laughs> You know, right. are, are, are what is this guy's problem, you know? Yeah, yeah, not just that. Are you, you constantly see the, the, the bickering and the argument. Uh, who mm-hmm. wants to cry wants to be right, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it, it gets tiring. I mean, and that's what, I don't know about my other sister, but that's what we constantly see. And I, 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 I can't stand when, I can understand defending the Bible and all that stuff and getting to a point where we can, uh, you know, try to uh, learn from each other. But not all this arguing and this fighting. And when I see men doing it, especially men, I mean, it, it makes me say, okay, it, it tells me as a woman there is no direction up in here. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, and there's it, no it, order it, in here. And 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 I I know I'm not supposed to take from two uh, strangers on Facebook arguing, but you constantly see this. You know, you see it in church. You see men fighting or arguing, going back and forth, and it's just it's just like, okay, you know what? I don't know, you know, that just, it just, it just, uh, it, it just makes me, you know, kind of upset, disappointing to see that, you know. Well, the, yeah. the only reason why you see, you, you see I have this. To, I have the same, hello? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I have the same sentiments as y'all uh, when it comes to contention. Sometimes, sometimes I, I know I'm not, I would never give up the Lord. I would never give up the Lord. Um, but I know sometimes when, you know, when I experience, when I experience contention, it's like, you know, I told my wife the other night, I was like, sometimes Christians make you not want to be a, you know, Christian or something like that. You know, I was trying to express my, my frustration, but it's like, it shouldn't, like a, a believer a fellow brethren should not make you more more upset than a person in the world. Mm-hmm. But I think that may come from uh, what a lot of people would call righteous indignation. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, you're up, you're upset because of the because of the contention between you and a fellow brethren and. You know what I'm saying? There's no need. There's no need for the contention. Uh, and then you ask yourself, like, where is all this coming from? Like, where? And it's not just one person. It's, you know what I'm saying, uh, a multiple people for some reason. And it's not just you who is witnessing this. It's other saints. And I don't know. It just takes – sometimes it takes the motivation out of me uh, and sometimes, you know, I just learn how to how to ignore it. But I most definitely understand where y'all are coming from. I do. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, Haley. Yeah. I I was uh I don't want to cut anybody off. I'm sorry. Uh, I just got this one point to make. Um I was close with a relative of mine a couple 10 years ago, about 10 or 11, 12 years ago as a matter of fact. This is 2016. And we would talk all the time about the Bible, about doctrine. I mean, we would really get heavy into doctrinal issues and so some of the stuff that we're talking about over the phone right now. So I came home from class. I was going to a college out uh, here in Philly, um, taking some classes at a community college. And I, he was living in, in a hotel with his and his wife at the time. So I came down there to talk with him, and I had some stuff, some you know, because I'm, I'm a writer. Hey, Hello? somebody got some background noise. Some background noise. Uh, please mute your phone if uh, you have uh, background noise. I really appreciate it. Go ahead, David. Oh, but yeah. Um, so I went over there because I was working on some character profiles. Uh, of course, for those of you that don't know, I am an author, so I do that from time to time. But uh, so I went over there and uh, I showed it to him. And he said, well, what kind of writer do you call yourself? And I said, science fiction writer. So out of his mouth came some of the, the, the craziest stuff that I've ever heard any Christian or any person say that's got some sense. So why are you writing this garbage? So let's fast forward. Um, in 2004, he's living with his dad at the time, and I stopped over there with some stuff that I had in a folder and he asked, we were sitting at the in, in the living room, well, the dining room, actually, at the, in the dining room table. So I'm sitting, like, kind of diagonal uh, uh, from him. And the, the, the folder was sitting on the, the, the table, so he asked to see what was in it. And I, you know, I shoved the, the, the folder over to him. He looks into it, and he starts saying stuff, you know, he starts getting real sarcastic and mm-hmm. saying, um, well, so what is all this? And I said, it's some characters that I was working on before I came over here. So he says, well, um, you're still doing this stuff? I thought we talked about this before, so I didn't respond, at, at least as quickly as he wanted he wanted me to. So he says, well, you can answer me now, you could leave. So I said, excuse me? So he says, well, um, so I, you know, I, I said, okay, well, this is what I'm working on. I said, I'm working on uh, some stories before I came over here. Well, I was working on some stories before I came over here, and he, he says, "Well, um, you know, so you're still doing this." And I thought we talked about this before. And I said, "Well, uh, listen, I'm not trying to argue with you, but you can't find one verse in the Bible that contend that that condemns what I'm doing." So he says to me, "Well, if we were to examine the Bible and find out what, uh, you know." What you're doing is wrong. You'll 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 rip that up. And I told him no. So he gets mad. He stands up and says, "Oh, you can leave then. You know, I'm done with you. You know, you uh, that goes to show you where you are spiritually and all this other stuff." So he goes right up the steps. And I remember getting up from the living room, uh, the dining room table, smiling. I, I said to myself, "You have got to be kidding me. You're that mm. immature." 
that you are willing. We're not talking about. I didn't come into your into your house saying that I was a Satanist. That I was going to get. You know, I, I, I deny, I abjure the Christian faith and all this other nonsense. I say, I said to you that this is what I was doing. I was right. I'm, I'm, I'm a writer. I write. You know, fiction. I said, well, uh, he uh, pretty much thought that the sub the subject matter, or I I guess a better word for the genre was questionable. Well, the the genre wasn't questionable because it was just about superheroes. You know, I, I can see if it was you I'm, know, I'm asking, is that is that what he thought? Oh, well no. Well, I don't know what he thought. I, I guess maybe he just condemned the whole genre altogether. It wasn't just like, you know, he wasn't compartmentalizing anything. He said that everything that I was writing about was unbiblical and I should stop. Now, let, can can I say something on that matter? And I want everybody else that's listening uh, to to see this example. And I'm going to try to give another example, and please bear with me on this. Now, uh, David, you've written about uh, science fiction in, in regards to transhumanism, correct? Yes. Okay. Um Transhumanism is pretty much an idea that, you know, is from, uh, I guess, an evolutionary perspective where mankind must evolve into uh, a higher being, whether it's a god or something like a, uh, a superhero or, you know, having supernatural strength or powers and abilities. Um Scientists today are actually trying to trying ways to make this happen. Uh, on the spiritual side, uh, some people open themselves up to demonic entities, and David even pointed that out uh, about uh, the actors on this show called Lucifer. Many mm-hmm. actors do it anyway. Many actors do it. They open themselves up to demons to help them <clears throat> as they are performing. Uh, for example, if you ever seen a singer like Beyonce fall on stage, but miraculously she gets right back up like nothing happened. She is under the influence of a demonic entity. Right. And she um, even said it herself. Yeah, right. Sasha, Sasha Fierce. Yeah. That's the name of the supposed entity. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, with that said, um, when it comes to transhumanism, it falls in, it falls somewhat in the same uh, category. Uh, but what it is is changing the DNA. Now, the thing about it, a lot of Christians may feel like transhumanism and is science fiction, but in, in actuality, it's science fact. And David, from what I understand, wrote from his understanding of transhumanism and what could possibly happen if they were successful. And even within the prophecies of the scriptures, uh, I believe that the mark of the beast will cause some form of uh, transhumanism because the people who receive the mark will not be able to be um, redeemed and is basically because they would have changed their DNA. Uh, we could say this would be like the return 
of the Nephilim. Jesus Christ said that in the last days, it should be it should be as the days of Noah. And the same things that were going on uh, before the flood are actually taking place now in a different way, but nevertheless, it's still taking place. So if a Christian jumps up and has and has if a fellow brethren has contention with the subject, why not just hear the brother out or do, you know, give give yourself some time to go and do the study instead of wanting to kick the man out of your house? <laughs> Is that Christian? Is that, that's not what the Bible teaches us to do. You know, we have these disputable matters and things of that nature, but you know, uh, to kick a man out of your house. It's not it's not Christian like. Uh if uh now I wanna give I wanna give my experience, but before I do that, uh I wanna open up the floor again to anybody who wants to uh say anything. Well a lot of a lot of people I I would I would believe probably seventy five percent of people who sit in these churches are not biblically sound as it is. They don't study the scriptures in depth. Mm-hmm. So they're followed by their they, they follow their emotions. And, and, mm-hmm. and Paul put it this Paul put it this way. He said their God is their belly. Which means their God is their emotions, their feeling, how you know, like I said, when you touch people's sacred cows, I don't care if it's it, it, it could be the most far out thing, but if that's their if that's their cow, and you mess with it, it doesn't. It they may not have a biblical base whatsoever for, for it, but if you touch it, then it strikes a nerve with people. And unfortunately, because most folks sitting in church, uh, you know, it, it, it's just amazing. You you would think it wouldn't be that way. It, it should be the other way, but 25% of the folk aren't biblically rooted and grounded. Just look at a Bible study. David, just look at, go to any church almost in America on a Bible study night and see see the crowd. It is nowhere near the Sunday crowd. Nope. Nowhere. It doesn't even touch it. Nope. You could, and and see, and that's the problem. And like you were saying about the preachers, and a lot of these preachers not only preaching the gospel, but they're not even a lot of them not even preaching sound doctrine. Mm. And so that and so that's why you have somebody like that who, when you make a statement, oh, I write, you know, I write like science fiction. Oh, what, what? <laughs> Like, You're in the witchcraft. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. without even without even hearing you out, mm. you know, and so the, and and that's pretty much a way a lot, a lot of people are in, religiously, you know. But go ahead, anybody else can hop in. Well, um, what yeah, is your name, um, sir? Oh, I'm Daryl. Daryl. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. Now. Again, I I'm, I'm, I want to give my experience because it's going to take us into another. Into we're going to stay. We stand on topic, but I'm just wanting to give my experience as an example. Uh, the same way with you know what happened with David 
before I go before I go on, I do want to ask, and I asked this on the post, why do you think the contention gets so personal? Why does it get so personal to where oh, there's I... name calling and uh, 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 slandering and things of that nature? Go ahead. Um, I think um, a lot of them are, are really sensitive. They get really in their emotions and feelings. You know, um, that's one. And another one is because maybe, maybe possibly God is showing them something about themselves that mm-hmm. they're really fighting against. And I, I remember, I think I was talking to um, Evelyn one day. I was telling her, I said, I used to be just that way with, you know, with other people who were telling me the truth about myself. And the first thing I did was begin to, of course, defend and reject it. But then after a while, the Holy Spirit had to help me digest what was said to me. And then I had to go back, and it was a blessing, but I went back and apologized to that person who I bucked up against a lot, you know. But really that person was there telling me the truth. And then if they're telling me the truth, then that's God speaking. Mm-hmm. Amen. So that's my that's my type. I think it's okay. about control. Control? You think You think they get personal because... It's an issue of control. Yeah, I, th- I think it's an issue of control. We see we want to control the way other people think. You know, ah. it, it, it's about groupthink. You know, the idea of groupthink, which means you're supposed to be a part of the collective, and if you're not a part of the collective, then okay, well he's a he something's wrong with him, so let's all jump on him. It's almost kind of like a hive mentality. And this is what I see, especially amongst church folk, you know, certain church folk anyway. Uh, you, you, everyone's section, sectioned off in, in a clique type of thing. You know, you have a clique type of situation, and you're the odd man out, and there's 20 different people in different groups, and they're all talking about the same subject. And here you are sitting in, a, like, in the back somewhere, or you're standing up next to the door, and you're like, looking around, and everybody's talking and joking and laughing. And as soon as you say something, then they all turn around and look at you like, who is this this guy? You know, he just landed. It's almost as if they saw a nice, round, shiny little starship beam down on the roof of their church. And they're all looking up like, okay, where did that come from? That's how it is. And mm-hmm. And so when you say something that's against, that goes against, the grain, like, for instance, everybody else sings and dances. I've never seen anything like this before in my life. Everybody sings and dances, sings and dances, and that's as far, like, for instance, I can talk, I can be in a church, and everyone, it could be a ministry of for, for artists, for Christian artists, and I guarantee you, if I were to ask the average young person, okay, what what do you do? Are you a screenwriter? No. Are you a... a writer or even a poet, nope, I rap. Okay, <laughs> so you go to the next person, or you go to another a woman, a young girl who's in her 20s or whatever, or 30s even, and you ask her, well, what do you write about? Or if you do, you know, what do you, do you write or do you, no, I, I, I sing and I dance. 
okay? So so everybody's doing the same thing. Or you may come across one woman or one man who does something that's outside of the realm of normality, and I'm using that term because, you know, it's kind of no, abnormal to see certain saints write about something that's outside of, you know, the, the genre of romance. But everybody's doing the same thing, and then you come along and you say, well, and then they ask you, well, what do you write about? I write science fiction, write fantasy, and they're like, okay. That, you know, you looked at like you have five heads. You, you know, you're a five-headed animal with six fingers on one hand, and that's how it is. So when you say, well, homosexuality is wrong, and everybody is giving a pragmatic answer to um, that sin, then now you're looked at as you're judging, you know, you're this and you're that, and they get angry. It's almost like they go through a metamorphosis, and it's like, okay, well, what happened? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the sin. I'm talking about what the Bible contends, and if we're Christians, then we're supposed to obey God's word, but you know that's the problem, control, and it, there's a lot of pragmatism on top of that. But. Okay. Yeah, see, to me that's compromise, because I I completely feel your pain. To me that's compromise, because if you claim that, you know, this is your belief, you call yourself by this label, and you go by this particular set of standards is laid out in this particular book that you consider holy and then you try to redefine what he said mm. in his book, uh, you're not really a Christian to me. Mm-mm. What are you? You don't really believe this. Nope. Because if you believed it, you wouldn't compromise on it. You know? I, I, I feel your pain. You feel my pain. <laughs> I, can't, I can't deal with that a whole lot. You know, yep. I love them and pray for them, but... That's about all I can do. I I have to kind of love and pray for them from a distance because I don't want to be around that. I don't know yeah, that's okay. what's going to come okay. up. Uh, so, uh, again, I 100% agree with what you said, David, and uh, it's unfortunate that uh, the first reaction would, would, would to be uh, and a reaction of what's the word I'm looking for? Repugnance, you know, like like oh, get away from me type reaction. We shouldn't even uh, the first like like you said earlier, Dave, in in the beginning, you know, a man who answers the matter before he hears it is folly unto mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And you know, the reaction that people get when. And I think it might call it may come from a level of misunderstanding the the yeah. topic at hand. But let let me let me give you my experience, okay? And uh, we'll get more into uh, into into that. You you'll see. I just bear with me on this. All right. Okay. So, go ahead. All right. Uh, now now even early in my spiritual walk. God had given me a very good level of understanding in his word uh, during my teenage during my teenage years, about 16, when I had my first revelation uh, from God. Now, I'm not saying it 
to boast, and I'm not saying it to uh, sound deep or anything like that. This is my experience. This is what happened with me. Like Brother uh, David from Merlin said, you know, God has given him a particular gift, and he understands what it is, and vice versa, same here. Now, I say honestly, it couldn't. It could. It could only be something supernatural. For for example, the question. There was a question that was asked. You know, I was uh, somewhere just out and about. You know, just out and about, and some guys was talking. Some young guys, uh, teenage guys, probably about eighteen, nineteen years old. And one of the guys was like. You know, man, like one of the guys was a Christian. The other guy, he was like a skeptic or whatever. And he was like, he asked the guy, he's like, oh, really? He said, where did Cain get his wife from? Mm-hmm. Now, now this is before I did any uh, study on the subject or anything like that. The Lord actually gave me the answer from Genesis in the uh, in the midst of the young man asking that that question at that very point. And the way I explain it is, if if you read in the New Testament, it says that the Holy Ghost will teach you. He will teach you. And I literally believe that. The Holy Ghost teaches us when we read his word. And by teaching us, uh, he also said, Jesus also said that he will bring things back to your memory. Okay? And that's exactly what was going on. Like, I was seeing Genesis uh, the first few chapters of Genesis in almost like a millisecond. That's the only way I can explain it. And if you could think about a, a machine that calibrates, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, it's almost like a calibration of scriptures was lining up until they all were rightfully divided, and it happened so fast. The first thing that came to me was Adam was the first man. Uh, next, Adam and Eve conceived sons named Cain and Abel. Third, Cain killed Abel and was sent away from the land. Then all of a sudden, my mind just started calibrating again. Then I remember Adam was 130 years old when he begat Seth. All the years of Adam was 930 years, literally, 930 years. He had sons and daughters, and he died. Then all of a sudden, my 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 mind is calibrating again. Then it, I come to the part where it says Cain knew his wife. So all of this, I, it, this took me about a minute to explain this to you. But the answer came to me in like a matter of a second while I was standing there uh, listening to these uh, young men. And I simply said, I said, Cain, I said, Cain's wife is one of his relatives. I didn't know anything about, you know what I'm saying, like I didn't have a study about it or anything. It it just calibrated like that in my, in my mind. And I was like, I said, either I said either his wife was his sister or one of his nieces. I said more than likely it was his sister. And what what happened what happened there is I, I said to myself, and again, this is happening within seconds. I'm saying to myself, well, Cain, Cain, Cain was afraid of uh, Cain was afraid anyone finding him would seek vengeance for the, you know, for the death of Abel. So 
strangers wouldn't want to kill Cain for killing his brother Abel because they wouldn't even have knowledge of it. But his brothers and his sisters would have. Thus, God placed a mark on him. So not to go too much into details about, about this, it's just an example of how I believe the Lord deals with me when it comes to certain topics. Now, again, that was just an example. Some saints are very thankful to receive those type of uh, clarification, like the young man there. And it even it opened up it opened up the door for me to witness to the skeptic little boy. I, I hate to call him a little boy, but <laughs> I'm 36 years old, so <clears throat> anybody that's 20 years 20 years and younger, I kind of look at him like that. But anyway. It opened the door for me to witness to this young fellow, okay? Now, again, some saints will be thankful to receive that type of revelation. It's straight from the Bible. But there is a vast amount of saints who feel like these sorts of discussions are useless. And I know y'all, if y'all paid attention to my, one of my latest threads on the uh, age of the earth when Adam died, um, somebody actually said, oh, this is, this is useless, this is pointless. So thus causing contention because there were other saints who jumped in on that and really fried this dude. And I, I respect uh, Mr. Collins, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he has a right to his own opinion, uh, but I was a bit offended. I was a bit offended because... In the scenario that I just mentioned to you, it was very useful for the young Christian who was sitting there trying to witness to this young man, and he didn't have an answer, but he received it. And this was uh, all done by, for the glory of God. It was for the glory of God. But then to hear one of your brethren say it's useless, you know, mm-hmm. it's it, it it can be discouraging, and that was the example that I wanted to uh, give. And the reason, uh, well, let me, let me continue. And, you know, and they would even go as far as trying to rebut anything you said. But why is the question? It's like you see, you will see a topic like uh, how old is the Earth when Adam died? Initially, I'm not sure how any of you all on the phone would think about it, but. Uh, maybe somebody would say, what that got to do with anything? If they don't see that it has anything, you know what I'm saying, useful, they can just scroll on by. Mm-hmm. But there are many other people who say, hmm, how old was the earth when Adam died? What What does this mean? You know what I'm saying? And this is where I say, I, I quote Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: "Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend." Do you see? We come together to have these Bible discussions, Freestyle Fridays, Sundays Bible study, uh, Kingdom Fire, and when we come together, it's for the edification of the church, my people. <laughs> It's for the edification of the church. And this this is a this is a positive thing. You know, 
when we are sharpening one another, uh, why wouldn't you want to edify your friends, your family? You know what I'm saying? Why wouldn't you want to educate uh, your friends? Why wouldn't you want to learn from your brethren? And my motto was, and still is, you know, there's, this is what I say. There, there is no such thing as one Christian being more uh, on a higher plane than another Christian. We are all brethren. We all follow Jesus Christ. And this is my motto. My motto. You have a piece of the puzzle, and I have a piece of the puzzle. And when we come together, we put our pieces together, and we get a better picture. Of course, we're going to have some pieces that we think will fit, but they might not. We have to leave some pieces out. But at least when we come together with all the puzzles, I mean, with, with, with our own pieces and start to build this picture, we all become edified. Uh, before I go on, uh, anybody want to add to that? Hey, GT. Yes. Hey, you know, when you were talking, you were saying why why do people you know why why can't people you know just get together and come you know and discuss things because see in the churches like I said you have most people they're just parroting what the preacher has told them so for them to be so when you come with revelation that debunks that. It cuts across the grain. Automatically, the defense is going up. But my pastor said, or this prophet said, because most people sitting in the churches do not study for themselves. They rely every Sunday, every Saturday, whenever they gather together, they're listening to what the preacher says. And if the preacher says it, it must be right. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you come, you come with a, re, re, a revelation. When, just a quick, give me thirty seconds. You were talking about you were talking about your experience. Now mm-hmm. I came out of I came out of one of the large, the probably the largest Pentecostal church in the, in in, the, in America, which is the Church of God in Christ. I was born and raised in it, but like you, I studied for myself. God had me do that early in my Christian walk. Mm-hmm. And I learned, and I started learning things about the finished work of Jesus Christ, salvation by grace. Now, if you know anything about, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you do about some of these churches. They'll tell you you're saved by grace, but there's some works involved. Mm-hmm. So, well, see, God didn't teach me that. He taught He taught me. I read through Romans, uh, the first ten, the first ten chapters of Romans all back and forth, back and forth, uh, and finding these things out and start learning about the grace of God and uh, and salvation, the free gift of salvation. But so when I started teaching this, and a lot of old school folks started hearing it, I'm like, <laughs> like when David said, they start looking at you like you're an alien. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, what? And so when I, I have a young believer, they, they they say things like, "Well, he'll you know he'll calm down." <laughs> he'll calm down. 
it, it, you know, and he'll fall in line with the rest of the crowd. But I never did. I never did. I never did fall in line with the tongue, with the, with the, with the, you got to speak in tongues to prove you have the Holy Ghost. I never did fall in line with that. Right. Because I was seeing something different from the, the scriptures. God was showing me something totally different than what I was being told. So that's why folk can't get together until they drop what the pastor has told them, what the prophet has told them, what they're, whatever they're calling the title of these days, and open the book up for themselves and let the Spirit of God, like he did you, tell them what the truth is. Amen. So what about... What about the saints who are outside of the church? You know, like you have a lot of them who do not uh, go to a, a institutionalized church. A lot of them are what many have been called today the duns. They're done with institutionalized churches, and they deal with Christians uh, in their local areas, or sometimes they travel long distance. Um, but a lot of them, and I've experienced, I experienced it literally. Like uh, people, my wife and I uh, have helped, like literally traveled from here to New Jersey to confront someone, uh, a false prophetess, a false prophetess, uh, and her dealings with the people in her church because one of her members of that church was a good friend of Evelyn. And, you know, now she's one of my good friends as well because that was my first time meeting her. But uh, the the uh, the other friends and brethren who were up there who witnessed all of this uh, actually, actually uh, insulted my wife and myself uh, on a thread that has something to do with monetary tithing. And uh, he kind of brought up the past, uh, like, you know, when me and her first got married, we sent out a uh, SOS because, you know, the bills had gotten, like, way past us, and we was, like, really needing help. And they sent us uh, about $325. And uh, so we're talking about a year from the event where this happened. And because he got sour about what Evelyn was saying about tithing, which was literally from the scriptures, it was true, uh, mm-hmm. he decided to, you know, throw shade, as they say, oh, well, maybe if y'all was tired and y'all wouldn't have needed help like you did back, you know, such and such and such. And such. Like, wow, okay. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's I've over. Heard that. I've heard that before. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> And, you know, and we we literally, like, the next, that following month was, like, you know, sent him his $325 back and was just like, thank you. You know, all is, all is forgiven. But, um, yeah, it's, it's horrible when the contention gets like that and it's so personal when it shouldn't be. You know what I'm saying? If, if he felt like, and that's another thing. Okay, like, excuse me. Like knowing, knowing, knowing when not to, how do I say it? Like knowing when to teach and knowing when not to teach. When you know somebody's talking about tithing and they they going into 
they going into the subject, and then somebody else comes along and say, well, look, you know, this is not what the Bible really teaches about tithing, and you should read for yourself. Uh, if a person really doesn't know about tithing, this is the time for them to sit back and pretty much just be quiet and listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shut up. And I'm I'm just I'm just saying because that's the most humble thing to do because if I don't know like when David be talking about a lot of stuff like about uh a oneness well, I mean we know I know about the oneness Pentecostal now because I was forced to study for the show but um oh the modernism and all of that I just I can't even barely say the words I just sit back and and listen. And I reason from the scriptures based on what he's saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh, everybody's a child of God. And I understand that to be a liberal view. And I understand that liberal, the liberal viewpoint is very much at odds with the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's how I reason with it. But, you know, I don't really say a whole lot when he's talking about that subject. And... You know, vice versa. If I'm talking about a subject he's not uh, familiar with, it he, he shows the same reciprocation. It's like, you know, he's a little quiet, but he reasons from the scriptures, and uh, most of you all on the phone do the same thing when you have discussions not just with me but with, with each other. And that's how it is. We are sharpening one another, and it's such a beautiful thing. Yep. You know, you leave... Like, I don't know how y'all feel when y'all get off the phone on Freestyle Fridays, but I be amped. Yeah, so do I. I be amped. Like, I feel like my spirit is recharged and, you know what I'm saying, I'm motivated. And because y'all call in, again, you know what I'm saying, that's even more motivated because we are encouraging one another. We are supporting one another. That's why I support uh, Jamel and Darian and David. And what they do, and I support any of you uh, that's doing the business of the kingdom. Amen. Well, can Amen. I um, cut in? Um, with, Go for with, it. Uh, can, yeah, can I? Um, the the brother that spoke that that said uh, that he was brought up in the COGIC. Um, I think the largest Pentecostal group or denomination in the world, is the Assemblies of God. But I think the uh, COGICs are the second largest Pentecostal group or the largest Pentecostal denomination in the world. Well, uh, you, may, you, may, you may be right, David. Like I said, well, when I was there, because mm-hmm. I, have, I haven't been part of them for uh, probably about 15, 20 years. Right. Um, but at the time I was there, mm-hmm. Kojic was. Now, now, like I said, you you probably right. You may be right. Assembly of God may have uh, may have passed them up at this point. I but they're, they're, I know they're they're in the top two or three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. They're the top two. Mm-hmm. But the only reason why I can say that is because I grew up. Well, I didn't grow up Pentecostal, but I came out of the Pentecostal charismatic movement. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in a plethora. Well, I wouldn't say a plethora. That's sort of kind of like going from one extreme to the next. But um, I was 
a part of a large assortment of Pentecostal denominations. And what I mean by that is I was I went to a Pentecostal holiness church, uh was a member of their of that church for about three and a half years or so, a little longer than that, I'm not certain right now, but then I was a part of a holiness church. I guess they called themselves holiness, but they kinda, you know, said that they weren't. And then uh I was a part of a non denominational church that <clears throat> taught from a Pentecostal charismatic perspective. Mm-hmm. And that was my first brush with charismaticism. And it was, talk about a, a shock. You know, I, I never heard of anything about apostles and prophets being for the day. Never heard of it. Never even heard of the charismatic movement. When mm-hmm. I came out of high school, I was in high school my last year when I visited my first Pentecostal charismatic movement uh, church. And when I joined... This was probably, no, I joined when I was still in school. I, I was still in high school then. I was in 12th grade. And I didn't graduate until May, but, no, I'm sorry, June, June. I graduated in June, June 22nd of 94. But I was still a part of this group, this this denomination. And I was stunned. I did not know that these types of churches existed because nobody, when I was going to my family church, I nobody told me anything about this at all. Mm-hmm. So I had to find out for myself and after being a part of it for so long, about 15 or 16 years, I got out of it in 2005, 2006 and uh read up uh I, I've read countless books from Christian authors, noted Christian theologians about this group, you know, about the Pentecostal charismatic movement and it it was just stunning because um, what you find in and I don't know if you're a part of it or not. I don't want to say anything offensive to you. Oh no, uh, I'm, I, like I said, I've I've been out, out of uh, the denominational thing for quite some time now. So, but I, I oh, okay. To, I go to. A, I, I don't mean to uh, cut y'all brothers off. Uh, I'm gonna I'm wheel y'all back in real quick. <laughs> Before okay. we get on a uh, bar topic, uh, I just want to finish up, and then you know what I'm saying. Then we can, you know what I'm saying. We could chop it up some more uh, once we once we kill this topic on a contention mm-hmm. within the uh, body. Um, I want to read First Peter uh, chapter two verse. Uh, better yet, let me say it like Donald Trump. I'm a, I want to read one Peter. <laughs> Anyways, First uh, Peter, uh, chapter two, verses one through three, and this is what it says: Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all uh, guile and hypocrisies and envy and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, and so. Be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, babes in Christ study the milk of the world. I mean, uh, the milk of the word. Mm -hmm. And I honestly don't see nothing wrong with going back to the milk of the word after you have matured in your faith, in in your understanding of the word. Uh, As I said before, I approach the word of God as a little child. 
You know, you tell a little child anything and they believe it. And that's how I feel. When I open the Bible and I see where uh, Joshua asked God to cause the sun to stand still, he did it. That's what mm-hmm. actually happened. Hey, that's how I uh, take it. And I, I approach it as a little child. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, as we mature in the word, we gain, we do, we gain more knowledge. And as the Bible says, here's, here's the thing, and this is hardcore facts, this is the truth, because the Bible says, the Bible says that knowledge puffs up. First mm-hmm. Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. But charity edifies. So I ask this question, you know, what position are you teaching from? You know, what position are you teaching others from? Are you teaching people from a position of charity or a position of pride? And this is where I believe a lot of the contention lies. When somebody is teaching from a position of pride, whether it's Passed it in the pulpit or your Facebook Facebook ministers, the televangelists, uh, when they operate from a position of pride, it creates that envy, and from that envy, it creates strife. Now, mm-hmm. again, we said it. You know what I'm saying? Look at everyone from your local from your local pastors, TV evangelists. YouTube ministers, they go at it. What, what, what's your boy's name? Tony Smith and uh, what's the oh, other man, guy? Don't, don't get me started on that guy. <laughs> yeah, what, was, what, what was his name? What's his name? Geno Jennings. These guys could be very useful when it comes to edifying the church. They have some very good points. Uh, not so much as uh, not, not so much with you know Jennings on a lot of things, but uh, yeah, he's just you know, insane. Yeah, uh, but they both have a lot of good points on some uh, on some topics. Uh, but again, that's an example of how those two could come together <clears throat> with their pieces of the puzzle and put it together so that they can get a better picture. But it's contention because, well, like it or not. Both of them operate from a position of pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where I say a person should understand their own ministry. You know where you're, what God has given you. Again, like Brother David said from Merlin, God has given him a particular ministry. He operates in it. Daryl, you operate in your ministry. And uh, the way that God have you to witness to people, David, you as well, uh, Camilla, Catrice, uh, the both of y'all. I'm sure that y'all witness to people the way that the Lord has taught you. Um, and Amen. the one thing that we need to do as saints to remove all of this contention is support your brethren in their ministry, ah, but if only if it's biblical. Now yeah. I'm not saying that you know what I'm saying, uh uh we shouldn't check one another because sometimes we can go off 
in that rabbit hole and mm-hmm. end up somewhere else. But nevertheless, if your brothers and your sisters in Christ's main objective is to preach Christ to unbelievers and even wake up the church from within because you have, uh, like, uh, again, David, he's, you know, been given the gift to bring correction to the church because, unfortunately, this is the time that we live in where the church is going mad. Mm-hmm. Did anybody hear about that, uh, girl? I don't mean to cut you off in the GT, but um, uh, did, you, did anybody, and, and I want to bring this to, because uh, I wanted to say that the, the main thing, one of the main things that has caused contention within the body of Christ, especially within the institutional church, is this, it's, it's called theological liberalism. And I'm seeing a lot of this. I'm seeing it rear its ugly head within the church. Uh, for instance, the denial of the word of God, you know, that the, the word of God, that the Bible is divinely inspired by God. I've heard Christians on Facebook, and I'm not oh, going to yeah. leave any names on the line, but mm-hmm. I've heard Christians on Facebook say that the Bible is not God's word. Or, this is what they'll say, they won't go out, right out, come right out and say that the Bible isn't God's word, but they'll turn around and say, well, yeah, I, I, uh, I read the Bible, but it has errors in it. And that is a clear sign of what we call rationalism, modernism. You know, mm-hmm. we, we believe... We as Christians believe that the Bible is the word of God, you know, verbally, verbal inspiration and plenary inspiration. And plenary inspiration means that from top to bottom, every subject that's covered in the word of God is divinely inspired. And it was that the writers were divinely inspired as well. And then we believe that the Bible is verbally inspired, which means the words are inspired. But I'm starting to believe, I'm starting to see and when when I approached one woman that said that she did not believe that the Bible was the Word of God, that it was just a book and that Jesus was the Word, I said, well, everything that you, what are you reading the Bible for? Everything that you read, isn't it logical, can it be logical for us to say, and I was very respectful about it, can it be logical for us to say that everything that we read, if we claim to be Christians and we read the Bible, where do we get our truth from? We can't get our truth from the Bible if it's subjective, if we don't honor it as objective truth, then where do we get our truth from? She got, she went off. She called me a liar and said, I didn't say that the Bible was in the Word of God. Yeah, he did. He said that the Bible had errors in it. Well, when it, uh, you're going to, you know, unfortunately, you're going to run into these type of Christians. And uh, it's just due to the lack of study or the lack of reading the Bible, and that also may pay, uh, I, I, I honestly believe that plays a part in the contention we have with with each other, mm-hmm. and not necessarily, I'm not really all too concerned with having contentions with people outside of the faith, right. but I'm more looking at it like a fa- like a, a inner family issue. This is a, a problem that is causing even the most uh, uh, closest of, of brethren to split up. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and it just needs to stop. Um, it just, it really it really needs to stop. And sometimes I feel like, again, you know what I'm saying, on topics, on topics that, you know, as I pointed out, everybody has their particular gifts. And if a topic comes up where a brethren, another brethren is not aware of, or for one, if if you don't feel like a discussion is is meaningful or worth anything, mm-hmm. go somewhere else, or you know, just go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious because I'm serious. Like we we live in a world where you are you have the liberty and the resources to do that. Mm-hmm. Like this is why we see all the different groups. The uh, the uh, Bible study groups, you know, because certain people like a particular type of, uh, I guess, uh, a particular type of way of having Bible study, which is fine. Right. But to go into somebody else's group and, you know, uh, try to shoot down everything that goes down in that group because you don't agree with it, that's the wrong attitude to have. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm in Kingdom Fire because it provides a uh, different format of questions than they do in uh, Keeping the Real Bible Discussions or Truth Tellers or my group, Bible Study Group. Uh, and it's good. It's, 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 it's very good uh, resources out there when you you know, there's good topics that that's out there. Uh, radio, blog talk radio that Rob Thornton and all of them do. They have a lot of nice stuff on there. Uh, a lot of the stuff be about the IC, uh, but when they bring up prophecy, I jump right on. I even call on Sundays, you know, and tell the brothers that they are doing an excellent job. And that's all I'm saying. Uh, it's 10:59. I'm gonna give us about 15 more minutes and. Uh, you know, uh, this is all. Uh, this is the main point I wanted to bring through, and that was that we should encourage one another, as the scripture says. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, what I'm saying, even even judging amongst ourselves, we have the permission to do that. But mm-hmm. you know, that's what iron sharpening iron is all about as well. You know, it's not just amen and amen on both sides all the time. No, having these type of discussions to be like, you know, uh, again, to put together a, a, a clear picture and sure. if, we walk away, if we walk away disagreeing about something, then that's all. We don't walk away as enemies because, it, that, again, that's the wrong attitude, wrong attitude to have. So uh, it's 11 o'clock. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, and I'm going to open up the floor for 15 minutes, and, you know, uh, we just chop it up. Okay. And and chop it up means, like, we chop up stuff. Okay, that joke (laughs) just kind of just went right off into the wind, and it didn't 
like to do too much yeah. good. But uh, go ahead. It's out, it's out, it's out there That's with that winter storm. <laughs> yeah, it just went right, it fizzled out with the storm. <laughs> well, one of the things, one of the things I, I, I was listening to you talk, that in the scripture in Thessalonians says, prove all things mm-hmm. and, and hold fast to that which is good. You know, and so in these discussion boards and everything, like you were saying, you you pick up a lot of things. I always I, it, I always can tell when something has touched me, or I've been really edified because when I, like I'm like you, when I get off, I'll go. Let me look at that again. If there's something I don't know, and somebody has like some illumination, some enlightening on on the scriptures that the, the Lord has given them. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe I was thinking another way, and I'll go. Let me take a look at that again, you know. And I find out, boy, they they were right, you know. And and it it and it it takes you know it takes a, a a big person to say, you know what, I've been thinking this wrong for X number of years. But you get on some of these, you know, the threads or the Bible study like here and some other places, and you go, hmm, I did not see that. And believe me, the word of God, <laughs> I found out, and I, and I, you can read through the word of God in its entirety, but there are things in there that God will enlighten you and show you that you have had no clue that they were in there. And that's what these, these, uh, Good fellowship and a wholesome fellowship, and that's that's what the scripture says in First Timothy. It says, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, mm-hmm. but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless <laughs> wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourself. And, and GT, I'm like you. Uh, sometimes, because I told, I told uh, Evelyn this, I, I said sometimes I have to pull away from some of these <laughs> board threads. <laughs> because I'm telling you, because it it will wear on you spiritually. I find yeah. it it like drains you, and so so you have to I have to pull away for like a couple of days to just kind of go, you know, <laughs> because yeah, some of the, you can say that again. You can say that again. <laughs> you, hey, you know, the, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying because dealing with these. Hebrew Israelites and the pan oh, and all my God. Stay away from those black Hebrew Israelites, please. Oh, those guys can curse like there's nobody's. I think they invented profanity. <laughs> but they know God. They know. Yeah. They know, they know Yahweh. They know, they know uh, Yahweh, ben, ben, Yahweh Ben Yah Elohim. Yeah. Well, yes. Yahweh Hashua Huim Haim Hupam. <laughs> Yahushua. Mm-hmm. Yahshua. Yahawashi, some of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, those guys are nuts, man. I, I remember one day I was, and I don't mean to, to kind of take away from what anybody was saying. No, but, go ahead, go ahead. But you guys were talking about the black Hebrew Israelites, and I had a few run-ins with those clowns. And those guys are nuts. I, I think they invent, first of all, I think they have the filthiest mouths ever known to man. I mean, they, if you don't agree with everything that they're saying, oh, my God. Now, there are some BHIs who are somewhat uh, composed, but for the most, especially those clowns that like yelling and screaming on the corners in these inner cities, like here in Philadelphia, man, you disagree with anything that they say, and they will call you all kinds of B, C's, S, wow. I, J, K's, L, M. You get the point. But... Uh, I was my my friend and I was waiting for a bus. We were on our way to his house to watch a, an event on cable. Him and his cousin, and this guy walks right. He, he walks across the the parking lot leading from the um the, the supermarket that we just came out of because we were purchasing something. And I saw a Bible in his hand, so I'm saying to myself, "Okay, this guy must be a Christian." So I said, "Okay," so I kind of turn away slightly. And so he walks up to us and he starts saying all this stuff. And I said to him, oh, my God, this guy's a BHI. And the only reason why I knew he was a BHI is when he started saying, you know, all this nonsense. So I said, oh, God, this guy's a black Hebrew. So he started yelling and screaming about what the Bible says and we need to separate from the white man and and we need to do this, that, and the other, and we're the true Jews and the 12 tribes of Israel. And I, God, I can't. And I said to myself, this 18 can't come any any quicker. The bus. So, you know, it, we couldn't get a word in edgewise because he was talking so much. I mean, he was just talking and cutting people. And so we ended up walking away from him while he was talking. You know, we didn't want to be rude, but we had to get to where we were going. And. He was not leaving any room for us to respond to anything that we were saying. So I was telling the both of them that these guys are nothing more than black nationalists. And I'm pretty sure you, some of you who are old enough to remember the 1960s, you know, that's all you had were black nationalist groups like the Black Panthers and all these other guys like Marcus Garvey. He wasn't back in the 60s, but he was further back. But you kind of get my drift. And that's what these guys represent. They're They're – racist and their contention is that the the white man is from uh they're, they're Edomites and God Jesus Christ is black in the GD did we have a guy a black Hebrew over the on, on the conference call one day uh if we did it was soon forgotten about yeah he was a white man believe it or not and oh okay, I know okay, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was uh, on the on spot discussions, that's uh another one of my talk shoes I do anytime like like when contention comes up and somebody wants to have a discussion right then and there, <laughs> I'm like, all right, <laughs> quick, let's go on the show, call in, and the guy was quite surprised. And I thought I thought he was a black dude until he called in, and I realized he was white. And I pretty much told that guy, I said, "Hey, black people don't need to be told that they are the original Hebrews 
we got enough problems as it is, and <laughs> holiness and, and righteousness within the black community is at is at a low. So huh, very low. People, people in that mindset do not need to be exalted uh, to the status of, I guess, being called the chosen people of God when they are living in debauchery. I mm. don't agree with that. And I told I told him that because uh, I kind of took offense to it because me being black, I don't need you as a white man telling me what I am. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I did the history on, you know what I'm saying, this whole BHI, black Hebrew Israelites, and I have an objective point of view of black Hebrew Israelites. Yes, I know that there are black Hebrews, literally, I know that, uh, but I don't condense the DNA of Hebrews to only black people. I don't condense it only to white people because I understand through the dysphoria or the I'm sorry, I'm probably missing. When they were sent away from the land of Israel, uh, that they went into all four corners of the world. So they would take on the ethnic features of the people groups where they moved. So you could have Chinese Jews or Chinese Hebrews or Asian Hebrews. Uh, uh, you got the uh, white Hebrews, so on and so on. It, the list goes on, but... Um, yeah, I remember that guy now. Yeah, he was, like, really out there. He was saying that God was black. And I said, first of all, God is not black. He's a spirit. So how can he be a race? How can he be a part of any ethnic group if he's a spirit? And, of course, it kind of went over his head, so I kind of bowed out of, of the... Uh, yeah, but, you know, the thing about it, though, um, I give him credit because he didn't get disrespectful. We all treated him with respect. We mm-hmm. didn't talk down to him. We weren't condescending towards him. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, we we came from a perspective of where we were concerned. We were concerned about him mm-hmm. and his thoughts because, you know, uh, he said believe in Jesus Christ, um, believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and. Uh, things of that nature. So, you know, I I wanted to look at him as a brethren who just needed to be brought, you know what I'm saying, uh, reasoned with instead of us getting on the phone and like, oh, you stupid, oh, you crazy, you're a false teacher. Now, man, you need to get out of here because a, <laughs> lot, of, a lot of people do that, the people, other, other people, other saints who may not have uh, all the answers. So I give him credit for being respectful. Yeah, he was uh, very respectful. Um, and by the way, I did not know that BHIs believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Well, him, um, I think he said he he said he did, but oh, I, mean, I just know that he, I believe he was suffering what is called white guilt. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was his main issue. Yeah. And, I, exactly. you know, I respectfully told him that. 
he mm-hmm. disagreed, but it was with all due respect. Yeah. Yeah, because BHIs, they do not, they believe that Jesus Christ is re, is a real person historically, but they believe that he's a black man. And then not only that, but they don't believe that Jesus Christ is God at all. And they don't believe that he died on the cross for our sins. So, and they have a very screwed up view of salvation. I, I spoke with one BHI when I was in Center City one, one summer, and um, <clears throat> he, I told him, well, how do you, you know, you know, he, he was telling me, well, saved from what? You know, I, I told him that, are you saved? And, I, and he says to me, saved from what? They believe that their, their ideologies, their, that the idea of them being a black Hebrew is not a religion, but it's a a um, a race. It's who they are. It's yeah, a bloodline. It's, sal- it's a means of salvation for them. Yeah. Well, right. yeah, you know, they're, it's called black nationalism. They think that that's, they're like black, a liberty, like black liberation theology, they believe that the black man, that the the black man's salvation is in his ethnicity. It's not through Jesus Christ and his blood on the uh, his shed blood on the cross, but it's through their nationality, and that's the same thing that the Hebrews, that these black Hebrews believe. So they don't believe that it's a religion. It, they believe that it's just, you know, something that they are. It's a bloodline because my barber is a black Hebrew, <laughs> so. Um, and he said the same thing. We are one minute away from the end of the show, and uh, I want to remind everybody uh, listening and who will listen, uh, you know, once again, this is Freestyle Fridays, uh, hosted by yours truly, G.T. Hawkins. And, uh, again, we're here every Friday between 8 and 9, Nine o'clock, and tell your friends to call in or call in uh, with them on three way, you know, so uh, we can get uh, a lot more people to participate in this freestyle uh, session because uh, I've been to a lot of Bible studies where it's actually controlled by the pastor, and the pastor is actually giving a sermon versus. Um, letting everybody, uh, you know, add their two cents or add their piece of the puzzle to the equation. Um, Again, uh, Sundays, David Chandler uh, Bible study on the occult, or it could be on a various topics. Um, This Sunday, it will be on the Wiccan religion. Again, and it is to demonstrate how Mankind today, a lot of the world governments have worshipped the creature instead of the creator, as Roman 1 says, and uh, also how this same religion influences the legislation in our country. Again, with the uh, environmental laws and save the wells and the polar bears, um, while they sit down at a table and eat a a, a half-cooked, roast beef sandwich. Um, yeah, with an apple in its mouth. Yeah. On Monday nights, again, you got uh, Brother Darian Eaton, uh, Bible study, uh, Kingdom Fire Bible study. Uh, if you haven't joined his group, uh, please add yourself to it and because uh, they, they be having a lot of good stuff in there as well. 
Uh, but his show starts Mondays, uh, 7 o'clock. And God willing, this Monday he shouldn't have any technical difficulties unless the winter storm is uh, still hanging around and causing uh, problems. Hey, and GT. again, uh, hey, GT, yeah. is, the same, is the same number used to get in, uh, or, or is it a different number? Uh, well, all three of them are different numbers. Uh, actually, the Sunday show is the same number, but it's a different PIN code. And okay. uh, uh, if you, you should, if you're not a member of the Bible study group, um, add yourself to it uh, because when David or I or, or myself create these events, you'll be invited to the event, and you'll see all the call-in information. Uh, posted there. Okay. Um, again, I want to remind y'all to check out uh, uh, commonsenseandreason.com. Uh, thanks to Jamel, his handiwork on that website. And uh, you'll start, again, you'll start to see a lot of uh, heavy and light stuff on there, the milk and the meat, because, you know, again, we have to be balanced. Um, again, check out my wife's page, Exit Churchianity. Uh, dot com. Uh, she also has a page on Facebook. You can check it out. Uh, and again, be looking out for her little project. I'll keep y'all updated. And again, this topic that we discussed was on the contention within the body of Christ. And uh, you know, I want to thank everybody for calling in. And uh, again, tell your friends and your family to join in uh, because. You know, uh, Freestyle Friday is 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 freestyle. We we just we put a topic on the table and we go at it. And uh, sometimes we change topics and sometimes we don't. But uh, I hope again that you all feel the same way I feel after hanging up. And I feel amped right now because. Uh, it, it, it makes me feel good to know that other saints out there see the issues that are going on. Uh, you might want to say something. I got three, three uh, contentions that to add to this, and I'll okay. Dave, David hit on one of them. One was homosexuality. Woo! Another one is women pastors, apostles prophets or whatever they want to call themselves, leaders over men. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I wanted to talk about that, but too bad. GT's at the end of the show. I uh, know. And, and, and eternal salvation. Can, mm-hmm. you lose your, can you lose your salvation? No, those have I've, – I've been in situations <laughs> with you. All, all, all of them. All of them have been points of contention. I mean, churches have split over, over these. Split three ways, man. Wow. <laughs> Over just just these three, just these three, and then of course homosexuality is the is kind of like the new new the new thing on the block for church. Even though it's been in the church for forever, yeah. but it's exactly. a new thing now. The churches are literally, I mean, mainline denominations have been that have been together for like over hundred years are splitting. Mhm. Mhm. All right, fellas and uh, ladies and gentlemen, sorry, everybody. Um, again, I want to thank you all for calling in, and uh, 
Don't forget to join us next Friday for another session of Freestyle Friday. Um, tell your friends, family, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hook it up. Let's talk. And uh, uh, I think I messed up because I didn't say a prayer at the beginning. <laughs> but uh, I will say a prayer at the end here, and uh, I want to pray us out. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you again for another uh, show on Freestyle Friday about a topic that is very sensitive and very also very important to tackle and look at within the body of Christ, and that's contention, Father God, something that causes division amongst us, a thing that you have none of. And again, Father, I just pray that the saints come together and reason with one another. We are all adults, and we're not just adults in the flesh, but we are also mature adults. At least most of us are in the faith. And uh, for those of us who are uh, mature in the faith, Father God, teach us how to teach others from a position of charity, a position of love, and not a position of pride. And also teach us how to give an open ear to those who would also teach us uh, in areas that we are unfamiliar with. And uh, let us love one another, uh, Father God. Uh, Teach us how to love one another once again in that brotherly love, um, that unconditional love that we should have, that you have towards us. Uh, So, again, Father God, I I ask that you bless all the people that called in. And bless all the people who will listen to this show later on. And, and uh, we ask, Father God, that you bless us and uh, that you get all the praise and the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.